0: 1991, I had the opportunity to uh, go to, I think, the greatest university on the planet, and no, it's not Michigan State University. Uh, it was Cedarville University, and uh, and I went uh, there as a freshman and uh, did not know a single person on campus, and uh, was just like, dude, this is crazy, all these people, I don't know any of them, why am I here, uh, honestly, I, I don't know why I went, other than when I went to visit, there were some really friendly guys that I hung out with that they allowed me to stay in their dorm, and, and, uh, and I got to see the campus and that kind of stuff, and I just, well, they were friendly people, so I guess I'll go to Cedarville. Um, little did I know that I would meet uh, some really incredible people that loved Jesus. And uh, and I did not love Jesus at the time. I didn't care about what God wanted for my life. I just was going off to college, thinking that I was going to have a great time, do what I wanted to do, and little did I know God was going to smack me upside the head with a spiritual two by four and get a hold of my attention, and my life would never be the same. And uh, I praise God for that. Um, but I can tell you, it wasn't the chapel services. It was it wasn't the large group settings. It was the small group times. It was the times where I was serving with other people in the trenches of ministry, doing different things. And it was in those moments that friendships were formed and that they began to blossom and they began to grow. And and as a result of those friendships, I saw Jesus on display in my friends' lives. And I realized I don't have that. I do not have that relationship with Jesus like those guys those girls have. And I'm thankful that that God allowed me to to be married to one of them now for going on 28 years and, uh, and still she continues to show me the love of Jesus and I continue to see Jesus in her and it was people like her and people that, that I was interacting with in small group level, I mean I was in a dorm, I, I live with a bunch of guys and uh, when you live in a dorm with a bunch of people, you start to get to know them really, really well, probably better than you ever want to, Right? Um, I mean, there was stuff that we did that was insane. I'm not even going to go there. If you want to ask later, maybe over coffee, I'd be glad to share with some of you those stories. Some of you. I said some of you. noticed that. Um, But, man, it was in those moments I saw Jesus on display in these people's lives. And I didn't have that. And I wanted that. And I knew that's what I need in my life. And I just remember through their testimony, through what they did and how they served, even in my life, and there was stuff going on in my family, there was stuff happening that that was just out of control, it seemed like, and they were there, and they loved, and they cared, and they showed me Jesus, and it was through that that I remember putting my faith and trust in Christ and surrendering myself to him completely, and it's never been the same since. It's never been the same since. But I guarantee you, I know why it is. It's because of those friendships. It's because of those relationships that I saw the greatest relationship that I needed was Jesus. And he, through them, transformed my life. And still many of them, we're close today where we can call each other. And man, we've been maybe apart for so many years, we can call each other and say, hey, I'm praying for you, or would you pray for me? And, and I've got this going on, and we can still pray for each other. That's such an amazing thing. Relationships. Your relationships matter to God. You, you want to live a resolute life. You want to live a purposeful life. You, you want to live resolved by serving God and letting Jesus be seen in your life you need to come to understand that the relationships that you have will play a major role in whether or not you will live a resolute life. Whether or not you will live for God, whether or not you'll live for yourself, your relationships, the friendships that you have, the people that are around you, they will influence you in a way that will either turn your heart toward God or pull you away from God. And you need to ask yourself, what is happening in my life and in my relationships? You need to ask God, God, what is it that you want to show me? Because here's the deal. We've been talking about being resolute and what it means to be resolute and and what I need to be resolute about. And one of the things that we said is that God is in control. God is in control. If your friends, if the relationships that you have do not believe that God is in control, it is going to be very, very difficult for you to live for God. If they do not believe that God's word is truth, that's the second thing that we talked about. God's word is truth. If they don't believe that, if they don't hold to that, you are going to have a very difficult time being resolute for God. If, you're not, if, you're not, if your friends are not going to believe what matters to God should always matter to me, if they're not going to hold to that, if they're not going to believe that, and again, these people that are influencing your life, if they don't believe what matters to God should always matter to me, you're going to have an extremely difficult time living for God. And last week we talked about your character how you live, who you are, the way you carry on in your life. And we said, we we talked about using tact, turn to God, check your attitude, have careful words and then trust God with the results. If you're not doing that if your friends are not doing that, if the relationships that you have around you are not doing that you are going to have an extremely difficult time living for God. So So, here's the question. Do the relationships you have drive you closer to God or pull you away from God? I can't answer that for you. You can answer that for you. God can answer that for you. And maybe that's the part that he's speaking to your heart right now about is that you're saying, hmm, I'm not really sure I have any of those not really sure I have any relationships like that where it's they're pulling me toward God. You want to live resolute. you want to live 1 Corinthians 15:58, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing in the Lord that your work is not in vain. If that's what you desire in your life, you must have relationships around you that are pulling you closer to God. Listen, you were built, You are designed by the creator of the universe. God has created you in his image, and in that image, there is a desire to have relationships. Hence, the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are a testimony to us that God desires relationship and practices relationship. And then he created mankind to have a relationship with mankind. You and I are created for relationships, but I guarantee you this. Your relationships will have a direct impact on the way you live your life. Think back to high school. At least I know I can think back to high school and the friendships that I had in high school. They did anything but push me, pull me toward God. And when I went back to them after surrendering my life to Christ and I told them, hey guys, I don't do that stuff anymore, almost every single one of them said, not literally said adios, but they, with their life, left. I'm telling you, the relationships you have, the relationships that you're building, They matter to God. Turn to somebody. Turn to somebody and say, your relationships matter to God. Tell them. Tell them right now. Get all up in their business. Tell them. Your relationships matter to God. Tell yourself, my relationships matter to God. Because here's the deal. Birds of a feather flock together. All right, check out this video. You ever seen one of those? Do you know what it's called? It's actually called a murmuration. Murmuration. And what it is, is these birds, they fly together, they move together, they push, they pull, and as they're flying, they do these amazing, look at that. That's incredible. They're all flying together. And you can even, if you watch some of those videos, you can see when one doesn't. <laughs> it's, it is so obvious. That one bird, I don't know what happens to that bird, man. He's probably the same one that runs into windows, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and that bird somehow flies off, and you can see it. Birds of a feather flock together, and, and your relationships, they matter, To God. And so as you think about that, I want you to turn again to Daniel chapter 1. So if you would, turn to Daniel chapter 1. We're going to go into Daniel chapter 2. You're like, (gasps) whoa, after five weeks, we're going into another chapter. Yes. Just for a little bit. Daniel chapter 1 and Daniel chapter 2. Been looking at Daniel's life and, and Hannah and I and Misha and Azariah, and we've been looking at their relationship. We've been looking at their relationship to God. Uh, today what I want to do is look at their relationship with each other uh, and their relationship to God because they, uh, they give to us, I, I believe, an incredible example of what it means to follow God together, to work together, uh, to be murmurating uh, together uh, toward God and working uh, in, in their relationship. And so Daniel chapter 1 and Daniel chapter 2, and what I'm going to do is give you four words that I want you to think about and evaluate your own relationships in light of these. Number 1 is the word focus. Focus. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Daniel resolved and it wasn't just Daniel, it was also his friends. We know that because and this is not just me uh projecting into into this passage this idea it, it is seen here Daniel says I resolve not to defile myself and his friends Hananiah and, and Mishael and Azariah go right along with him they are making the decision right along with him that their focus is on God their focus is on God. They have been removed from their, their comfortable settings. They've been thrown into service of, a, of the Babylonian king, and they're going to learn stuff together, but their focus is on God. Their focus is on who. God is, and on serving God, and they choose to serve God rather than men. Now, they end up serving men, and serving men, by the way, is a direct reflection of serving God. Just so you understand that, when we serve other people, we're serving God. Um, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. When you love your neighbor as yourself, you are loving God. God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So understand, their focus, though, was God. Number one, it was God. The focus of the relationship, the focus of their lives was God. And they would continue to focus on God and continue to look to God all throughout their lives. And wanted a beautiful and amazing testimony of the focus of their life. Being on God is the focus of your life, the focus of your friends' lives, the focus of the relationships that you have, the relationships that you keep, the people that you pull in close to you. Are your focus, are you all focused on God? Are you focused on God? And as you focus on God, here is something that happens 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient. It's really describing God, and it's also describing how we should be because if we're in Christ and we love God, then we should also interact with one another in these manners. Love is patient and kind, does not envy or boast, is not arrogant or rude, is not insisting on its own way, is not irritable or resentful, Does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Is your focus on God, on obeying God, on doing what God wants you to do? If it is, then the description that I've just read of love should be a description of you, that what you're striving for in your life. And I would imagine, okay, I'm just going to speak for myself. When I read that, it slaps me upside the head many, many times because one of the things, and I, and I slowed down for this, it is not irritable. That I struggle with. I get irritated with people that I love. Anybody else? Don't raise your hands. Don't point to the person next to you. Don't be like, that person over there. Irritable, because that's probably going to make them irritable. Stop it. Um, uh, right? Go, Jason. Um, You know, and so here's the thing. we Is our focus on God? Are we striving to live these things out? Again, I believe Daniel and his friends would do Just that they would live for God, not just in this moment, but all throughout their lives. And we see it as you read through the book of Daniel. So number one, focus. Number two, serve. They would serve together. They would serve the king together. They would serve the servant of the king. We see that in the verses that we've read many, many times, verses 11 through uh, verse 16, that they would serve, that they would grow, that they would go to the school that they were going to go to. They would do these things, and they would do them together. And they would serve God together. And that is a beautiful thing when you have relationships with other people that you're serving with them, alongside of them, together. Yesterday and Friday, we had a group of people that were here, uh, and they were cooking these monster cookies for, for you all, and, uh, and they were serving together in the trenches of bakery warfare right, all right, they're baking, baking, like I'm glad I wasn't there because it would have been serious mess, but they loved it, and they were having great time together, and they were serving together, and they were just enjoying each other's fellowship. I remember when I was a youth pastor, there was two guys that that used to come and do maintenance here a lot, Leroy and Frank, and uh, I loved sitting in the room next to those two guys, and just as they would serve together, and just cut up on each other and love on each other. It was a beauty to listen to these guys. I mean, and I—if I, you needed a laugh, seriously, it was so much fun to sit next to those. Listen, to, those guys didn't know I was there. Uh, and, and I would listen to them, and it was just so, Pastor, you remember that? I mean, it's just, oh, my gosh, so much fun listening to those guys work. They would actually accomplish tasks. I don't know how they did it because, seriously, they were, like, talking the entire time, cutting up on each other the entire time, and, and yet they would still finish a job and uh, they were serving together, and you know you have people like that. When you serve with people, and you're in the trenches with people doing stuff, and and there's something that happens in you. You work together, you grow together, and it's a beautiful thing. I love Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Notice it doesn't say what those good works are. For Daniel and his friend, the good works were serving the king Nebuchadnezzar those were the good works see that sometimes the problem is that we want to try to define what that means stop it let god define the good works don't don't you define them because there are times that you're going to be called to do things that don't seem good at all but you do not know the impact that that's going to have on whatever by doing what you're doing that god is calling you to do so stop trying to be god let him be god and let him define those good works for you. God prepared beforehand those things. What does that mean? That means he he has them all ready for you before you even start doing the work. And he says that we should walk in them, that we should serve one another. These guys serve the king together. Nebuchadnezzar was not an easy person to serve. We're gonna gonna find out about that in, in just a moment. So the focus was on God. They served together. Number three, they would grow together. They would grow together. Yes, they would grow together physically, but more importantly than that, they would grow together spiritually. And if you go to Daniel chapter 2, uh, we find this story unfolding where Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. None of those who were his his guys that would tell him the interpretations of the dreams, the magicians, the encanters, the wise people of his kingdom, none of them could interpret this dream, and it really made him mad to the point that he is going to kill all of the wise men of Babylon. Guess who that included? Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And when the guard that is going to execute them Comes to the door, Daniel, again in his wisdom, steps up and says, Hey, wait, why is the king so mad? Can I have some time? Can I have some time to think about this and bring an answer to King Nebuchadnezzar? And so, what does he do? Look at verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions his friends, these guys he was in relationship with, and he told them to seek mercy from God of heaven. What's he he's saying? Let's pray about this matter together. Let's pray about this matter together. Let's grow in our relationship with God, our understanding of who God is, what God can do. We believe God can answer the question. We can believe God can give us the, 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 what this, this vision means We believe that, so let's pray and let's seek God together. And so that's what they do. They grow together. They pray together. I love what Romans 1.12 says, I want to help you grow in your faith by my faith, as well as I want to grow in my faith by yours. There's something beautiful that happens when, when we get together with people who love God, who want to serve God, we will grow in our faith together. Proverbs 27 17 says, as iron sharpens iron so the countenance of one man sharpens another. So there is something all throughout the word of God about togetherness that brings about, about spiritual growth. Are your friends helping you grow spiritually? Are the relationships that you have helping you to grow spiritually? And then and then, number four, lastly, they act. Action. Action. It's not enough just to focus on God, serve God, grow together. You need to put all of that into action. And by putting it into action, it means putting the needs of others before your own. It's, it means putting that love and that service and that prayer to to together and saying I'm going to pray for you I'm going to lift you up I'm going to help you I'm going to be there for you I'm going to do what I can and and again again it's so difficult but we must do that and look what he Philippians says Philippians 2 3 through 4 says do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit in other words my relationship shouldn't be about satisfying me Satisfying what I want, satisfying my desires, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. So what does Daniel do? Look at verse 49, Daniel chapter 2, verse 49. What's happened is, is that Daniel interprets the dream. Nebuchadnezzar reacts to that. He promotes Daniel. Verse 48, let's look at that. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him a ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief perfect over all of the wise men of Babylon. Daniel acts, verse 49, on behalf of his friends. Daniel made a request to the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those three young men, over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the high courts. So Daniel serves his friends by stepping in and saying, hey, these guys, they were right there with me in this process. And I'm going to make a request on their behalf. And the king answers it. And he honors the request. Focus, serve, grow, act. Are you doing those things in the relationships of the people that you pull close to you? Are they helping you draw closer to God? When does that happen? That happens in the fire of life circumstances. Friendships, these things, relationships are forged in the fire of life circumstances. Again, you can't control what other individuals do. You can only control you. If at all possible, as far be it as you, live at peace with all people you can only do what you can do so are you striving to live for God are you striving to serve God are you striving to do these different things that we've talked about act all those different things that are you doing that you've asked God to speak to your heart today you've said God speak to my heart so I want to ask you a follow-up question of that what's he saying What is he speaking to you about? What's he telling you to do? Would you do me a favor? Write it down. Would you do me a favor? Get your phone out and text somebody and say, hey, God is speaking to me today, and this is what he's speaking to me about. Or text them and say, hey, God is speaking to me. Would you please ask me later about it, and let's have a conversation. Just text somebody. Tell them. Write it down. Think about it cement it into your heart, into your mind, and then ask God, God, who do you want me to share this with? Who do you want me to tell? As you write it down, as you tell somebody else, it cements this thing that God is speaking about in your heart. Would you be willing to do that? I'm going to ask you, would just close your eyes, bow your head? Again, thinking about your relationships, thinking about what God is, is doing in those relationships. Are you focused? Are you serving? Are you growing? Are you acting in your life so that in your relationships, as you strive together, you're growing in your love for God. You're drawing near to Him. I don't know your heart, and I don't need to, but God does. So in just a little bit, we're going to sing a closing song. And the beauty of the church the beauty of of us as the body of Christ is that we should be able to find that here we should be able to find that with one another not perfectly because none of us are perfect we're going to let each other down we're going to do some dumb stuff we're going to say some really not nice stuff why because we're people we're human beings We're going to overlook some things sometimes. It just happens. But in the context of the body of Christ, we should be able to find a small group. We should be able to get together with other people and grow together. Are you doing that? It's not going to happen right here in this setting. Maybe with the one or two people that are around you, but it's just not going to happen here. It's going to happen as you get into the crucible, the fire of life circumstances with people. Are you willing to do that? your circle of influence is different than my circle of influence there's people that are in your circle that are not in my circle and you're responsible for your circle i'm responsible for mine are you willing are you willing to in that circle draw people close so that you can grow in your love for god and know him there's benches down here if you need to come and pray I would love to pray with you, but if you just want to come down and pray or whatever, that's what they're here for. Again, I'm just so thankful for each one of you. God, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you that the greatest relationship that we could ever have is a relationship with your son, Jesus. And if there's somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus, then I pray right now, in this moment, right here, that thing that you're speaking to them about is they need Jesus. They need to know him. God, I pray that they would put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. God, they would begin that relationship today. Lord, for those of us to say we have a relationship with Jesus, God, show us the areas in our life that you want us to let you work in. God, you're good. Thanks for your love in Jesus' name. Let's stand. Let's sing.